Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. So we're gonna do something fun. We've been doing this the past few uh, weeks. We are going to read from God's word. You with me? Good? Yeah, let's do it. Let's see if I could do it without my glasses. I told Tyrone, we both agreed that our eyes are getting old. Um, so I think I can do it though. This light helps. John chapter seven, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And then Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. And then we're going to skip down to verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John Mark. Appreciate it. I'd like you to stay standing. We're going to pray, and I want to pray uh, for, for the message and also just uh, pray for our country. And, you know, it's a big week for our country, and we, we love our country, but as Pastor John Mark reminded us, we are citizens of, a, of another kingdom, of a higher kingdom, too, and that's, uh, Jesus is still our priority, no matter what happens this week. But let's pray for our country and, uh, and for God to speak to us here today through his word. Lord, we are so thankful that you're here, you're present, Lord, even those that are joining us online that are watching, that are listening right now, Lord, you are present with them. And we're so thankful for that. And God, we know that uh, you, you want to speak to us today through this message. And so, God, I just want to say from the very beginning, Lord, we, we give you permission. We give you permission to speak, Lord, to, to open our ears, to open our eyes, that we would see you more clearly, learn more about who you are, how you want to work in our life. For those that, Lord, that don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would they would see you today, maybe for the first time, and, and realize you're real, you're powerful, you love them, Lord. I pray that you'd reveal yourself to them in a very clear way today. Would you do that, Lord? And in, in light of election week, Lord, we pray for our country. 
We're just praying for your blessing on our country, God. We're praying for you to lead and guide this country. Lord, we're praying for your kingdom to come, your will to be done here in our country. As we pray that for our lives as well and for our church, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. Ultimately, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you go ahead and have a seat. Today, I want to talk about who I would say is the most ignored person in the church. You might wonder who is the most ignored person in the church. Maybe it's the people that serve behind the scenes. We got a lot of those people that serve here behind the scenes. They use their gifts. You might never see them, notice them, might not even know about them. And so it's easy maybe to forget the people that serve behind the scenes. Maybe those are the most ignored people in the church. Maybe it's the shy people. We get lots of shy people in our church, right? Maybe it's the shy people. They don't like to draw attention to themselves. And so we just need to acknowledge all the shy people and love on the shy people. Maybe you think it's, uh, it's the guests, which Lord help us if it is the guests, because that's, that's really not what we want to have take place in our church right here. But maybe you're thinking, maybe it's the guests. We've been ignoring the guests for too long. Pastor Tyrone's going to reprimand us right now. We've been ignoring them. Maybe that's what we're, he's going to talk about right now. Uh, By the way, if you are a guest, thanks for being here. We're super honored that you're here and hope that you didn't feel neglected when you were walked in. Hope that you felt loved and welcomed. We want everyone to feel that way as they come and join us. It's very important to us. But who's the most ignored person in the church? And I think we could all agree that it's no fun to be ignored, right? You agree? It's no fun to be ignored at all, especially when it comes to church stuff. Amy and I were just talking, reminiscing a a couple weeks ago. I, I don't... I can't remember who we were talking to. It might have been with, uh, with Joel and Candace, actually. And Amy was talking about our dating life, like when we were dating. And I went through the season where on Wednesdays, now Wednesdays was a big day for us because we were, I was a youth pastor. She's one of our key youth leaders. Wednesdays were long, busy days, just doing ministry, loving on students. And every Wednesday when we started dating, Amy would make me a sandwich and bring me a sandwich for dinner. Uh, but after weeks of, of doing that and just kind of doing ministry and doing this stuff, she finally sat me down and said, Tyrone, do you realize every Wednesday you completely ignore me? Like, we're dating, and we don't have to be all lovey-dovey, you know, weird about like all that kind of stuff, but you can at least acknowledge my presence on Wednesdays, especially since I'm making you a sandwich every single week. You can at least acknowledge my presence. And so it was a very important conversation, obviously, in our dating life, as I realized... Yeah, you're right, actually. I kind of do completely ignore you. I'm just busy, you know, all these excuses. And so it helped us to navigate how do we move forward relationally because she wasn't enjoying the fact that I was completely ignoring her. And none of us feel ignored, just by people that matter. We don't like to be ignored, and especially in the church. So who is the most ignored person in the church? And I would submit to you that it's the Holy Spirit. Most ignored person in our life and in the church too often, unintentionally, is the Holy Spirit. And so I'm here just to say this. Don't do the Holy Spirit what I did to Amy when we were dating. It's the moral of that story. Let's let's be people who don't ignore the Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives. Now, the truth is we get busy. It's easy for us to get so focused and maybe preoccupied with all the stuff going on in life, and we can easily push the Holy Spirit aside and not 
focus on him, not think about him, not allow him to work in our life. And so this whole series that we're doing is going to be all about the Holy Spirit. Today starts a new series called Life in the River. And river is very significant in the Bible. It's representative of God's grace. Rivers are representative of God's abundance, his peace, his prosperity. But I would say most importantly, representative of the Holy Spirit. And so in a sense, this series that we're beginning today, Life in the River, is all about life in the Spirit. How do you and I live by the Spirit? So we just looked at John chapter 7, these words that Jesus uttered as he stood up and and proclaimed this to a crowd. And I'll just read again a couple of those verses. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what we see here in this passage is, number one, Jesus is referring back to Old Testament Scripture. This is very important that we catch this. You know, as we become followers of Jesus, we begin to dive in the Word. We're reading through, you know, the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are all about the life, ministry, and death and resurrection of Jesus. And we learn, okay, we're now in a New Testament, New Covenant, age of grace. What can happen is we kind of think, let's just push aside the Old Testament. We don't really need the Old Testament anymore. It's not that big of a deal. It's like, that's old. We're in the New, the New Covenant, the New Testament. But we see here, Jesus himself points us back to the Old Testament. He quotes the Old Testament all throughout his ministry, by the way. And so it shows us the importance of the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament points us to the coming Messiah, who is Jesus, and also points us to the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to talk about in the coming few moments here and and look at some Old Testament scriptures about that. But Jesus is saying this is going to happen too. This is going to happen. I am going to fill my people, my believers, with the Holy Spirit. And that's the other thing that we need to pick up on this, this little passage here. This is very significant, friends. Jesus is saying, this is what I'm about to do. Everyone who believes in me is going to be filled with my spirit, with the spirit. This is one of the most profound, powerful, and important things we need to understand about Christianity. This is why I love Christianity, by the way. Ain't no other religion says, hey, you follow this religion and the God you serve literally will take up residence in your life. All the other religions, think about it. It's all about, let's do these things, let's practice these things to earn something, to earn this, to do, live a good life, to maybe achieve this, hopefully in the very end. Christianity is is not about earning anything. Free gift of salvation, put your faith in Jesus and when you do, he will come and set up residence in your life. That is pretty profound and pretty awesome. Wouldn't you agree? So here's the sermon and the sentence here today. Because as followers of Jesus, if you're a believer of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But the real question is this, does the Holy Spirit have you? And that's my encouragement for you today, is that we wouldn't be just people who understand, yeah, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, but I would get to this place where I allow the Holy Spirit to have me. He's my Lord. He is filling me. He is consuming me. He is leading me. He is empowering me in my life. That's the goal. See, God's not going to control you. He's not going to force himself upon you. But he is asking us to make him the priority of our life. 
to live Christ-centered, spirit-led lives. That's the goal. In fact, let me go ahead and define what it means to be a Christian. This is according to us here at Rivers Church. Our definition of a, a true and authentic Christian is someone who is, one, committed to following Jesus. Number two, they're being changed by Jesus. Number three, they're led by the spirit of Jesus. And number four, they are living on the mission of Jesus. Kind of encompass everything. What does it mean to be a Christian? If you've always wondered, there you go. This is our simple, concise, four-part definition. I'm committed to following Jesus if I call myself a Christian, which, by the way, doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm just committed. When I make mistakes, I fall down, I get up, I repent, I accept the grace of God, and I stay on course. I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. No matter what happens, I am committed to following him. It's not about perfection. It's about faithfulness for the rest of my life. And then I'm allowing Jesus to change me, being changed by Jesus. Jesus wants to do new things in your life. We talked about that last week, new things. He doesn't want us just to live in the old, but he wants to do something new again in your life. And I'm led by the spirit of Jesus. So that's what this whole series is all about. What does that mean to be led by the spirit of Jesus? And so we're starting that today. And then also living on the mission of Jesus, which is making disciples who make disciples. We want to show others the way, how to follow Jesus, help them grow in their relationship with Jesus, all of those four things encompass to us what it means to be a true and authentic Christian. So let's talk about what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? And again, like I said, that's what this series is all about. Galatians 5.16, we just said this a few moments ago. But Paul says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How do I overcome temptation? How do I say yes to Jesus and no to the things I need to say no to? Is it even possible to do that? And according to scripture, yes, it is. All you gotta do is live by the Spirit and learn what does that mean? How do I do this? Again, this is gonna be really good for us as we go through the series in November. I would encourage you to be here every Sunday in November as we go through this Life in the River series and talk about living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. It is possible because Scripture tells us to do it. So that's my encouragement, live by the Spirit. You won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's going to be a very important sermon series for a lot of us. You know, people get really excited about hearing sermons and teachings about God, who is God. We, it's, and it's very important for us to learn about who he is, right? His nature, his character. Last fall, I remember we had a fun, really good series called God Is through the different characteristics of who God is. People love sermons and teachings on Jesus. Just teach me more about Jesus. I want to learn about Jesus. And that's obviously very important as well. And then you got a lot of people that love sermons and sermon series when you just go through a book of the Bible, which we did this last summer. We went through Philippians, and a lot of you just loved that. Like, yeah, just do that more and more and more. That's, I just... Just go through the Bible. I just want more of, of the Bible. All those are good, but I don't often hear people say, teach me more on the Holy Spirit. I, want to, I need to know more about who he is. I need to understand, what's this, what does this mean to be a spirit-filled person or led by the Spirit? Don't often hear that. And here's what happens unintentionally too often within the church, I would say, generally speaking, is we've got a lot of Christians that are into 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. And they kind of push aside and ignore the Holy Spirit in their life. And I don't want you to think I'm not into the Bible because I'm, I'm all about this book. Okay, we need the Holy Scriptures in our life. This is our foundation. We want to be founded and grounded on his word, but this is not God. This is his word. He will speak to you through his word, but we need to be people of the Spirit. In fact, I would argue we need more Spirit-filled Christians than Scripture-filled Christians. And here's why I would argue that. I've seen a lot of scripture-filled Christians. They know the word. They study the word. They could argue doctrine and theology, and they still struggle to love people and love their neighbor. And I know that's none of you, but it does happen to other people. You probably heard about it. It's first service people, not second service people, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> we need more spirit-filled people than scripture-filled people. And here's what I would liken too many Christians in the church. They're like the people of Wally. Remember that movie, Wally? All these people that everything is done for them. They're even fed. I mean, and they're so fat, they can't even walk and move themselves. And there's a lot of Christians that are like, I just, just preach and teach to me. I just want the word. I just want the word. And they sit in church week after week after week, and they're fat on scripture, but they're not letting the spirit fill them and lead them and empower them in their life to actually live the word, be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. We need to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing, but then we're called to do the word, live it out, and the spirit wants to help you to live this thing out, not just to know it. We need more spirit-filled people than scripture-filled people. That's the goal, and that's really what we're leaning into in this series. Let's learn scripture and then say, Holy Spirit, help me to live this thing out. I wanna see your power at work in my life as we live this thing out. So life in the river, it's gonna be our series. And the reason is because it's very important for us to understand what this means. As you can tell, it's a connection to the new name of our church, right? The Rivers Church. And so it's a connection there. Okay, so now we are Rivers Church. This is the first full Sunday of Rivers Church. And that Rivers, like I said, is all about the Holy Spirit. And this is gonna be setting us up as to how we want to live as rivers or Holy Spirit people. And if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to fill and lead our life, then man, we're gonna live a dry and monotonous and mundane life. In fact, if you try to live life on your own strength, you're gonna get weary and exhausted because the Spirit came to strengthen you and empower you and comfort you in your life. And without the Holy Spirit, let's keep in mind this. There's no fellowship with God. There's no communion or relationship with him. We need the Spirit. I pray that we be people of the Spirit. I pray that our church would be so full of the presence of God that as people come in, they just sense the presence of God. You know, if we remove the Holy Spirit from our church, that'd be a scary thing, wouldn't it? Very scary. Really, we'd end up with one of two things. We'd become a social club or a religious institution. And we want no part of either one of those. We are not called by God to be a social club or just a religious institution. We are people of the Spirit, and we want people to encounter the Spirit, the presence of God, as they come here. So, as believers, as followers, we have the Holy Spirit. But the question is, does the Holy Spirit have us? And so we, before we dive into some more scripture and start with the Old Testament, let me give you three very important, or I would say incredible truths about the Holy Spirit. Three incredible truths. Number one, he is a person. 
The Bible says he and him, never it. It's one of my pet peeves in, in Christian language. We refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Man, it was moving. It was powerful. What, like, you talking about like that movie, it? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? No, he, he is a person, which means he's not impersonal. It's not like this cosmic force, like in Star Wars, you got to tap into the force. It's not like that at all. He is a person, which means he's personal and he has personality. Number two, he is God. So it shows us he is a divine person. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is the triune Godhead, the Trinity. And then number three, he lives inside of you. And like I said earlier, that is profound. God himself lives inside of you. This is, I would say, the coolest thing about Christianity. It's the, one of the greatest mysteries about Christianity. That moment you and I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and commit to following him. God comes and sets up residence inside of us. He feels literally God himself lives inside of us. That is so incredible, which is why it's the third incredible. So let's walk through some scripture and set up this series here. Today is really a foundational beginning to the series. Uh, it's very important that we set this foundation. We walk through scripture as to who the Holy Spirit is. And here's the deal. A lot of us in Rivers Church here come from different traditions. We've got people that are new to faith. And they're like, man, I need this. I don't understand this. We talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'm thinking Star Wars. That's what I'm thinking. What's, you know... Other people, maybe you come from a faith tradition or a denomination where we don't really talk about the Holy Spirit, we don't really understand him. Let's just go to the word and just study the word. And others of you, maybe were in charismatic, Pentecostal experiences. Maybe you've had good experiences with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been, like the gifts of the Spirit have been abused. Like we've probably been all over the place in our experience with the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna go to scripture and I want us to walk through who the Holy Spirit is, and I think this is going to be very beneficial for all of us because I want us all to be on the same page because we are a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. We want those to function. We want those to be active in your life. God has given you gifts of the Spirit. I pray constantly that the gifts would be released in your life and that you would know what they are so that you can, you can walk in those and experience those. People's lives will be changed, strengthened, encouraged, and edified. The church is encouraged and edified through the gifts of the Spirit. And so I pray that those become more and more active. For some of you, those have been dormant. And I'm praying in the coming weeks, those are going to become active and alive in your life. And so we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We, we are a Pentecostal church. And so some of you, this is going to be new. It might even be uncomfortable, but sometimes God is because he's God. And there's so many things about God that we just don't understand. Like some of you are like maybe just stuck on like Tyrone back up to like that whole like Trinity thing. Can you explain the Trinity to me? God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, like one God, three persons. Can you explain that to me? And the answer is I can't. I could try. I could give some illustrations. Probably you've heard of them before, the egg, all that kind of stuff. But he's God. We can't understand God. It's like an amoeba trying to understand you. We can't fully understand and comprehend God, which, oh, by the way, that's why he is God. There's things we don't understand. So we're going to walk through scripture and look at what we do know, what we do understand, and learn how do we live as people in the river. So what we're going to start is uh, Genesis 1. How's that for a good place to start? 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the first person of the Trinity mentioned in Scripture. The Spirit of God was right there in the beginning, hovering over the waters. Jump down to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So the key words there are those, those pronouns where God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Why would God use that type of a language? Why doesn't God say, me? I want to make man in my image. But isn't it interesting that God would say, our? Our. That is a reference to Trinity right there. From the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. That God is one God, but exists in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's why he would say, our. Then throughout the Old Testament, you'll see there are a lot of individuals that are filled and empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit. But it's not everybody. Certain kings and prophets and just certain individuals that are filled with the Holy Spirit. You can even argue a donkey at one point is filled with the Holy Spirit and talks. But it's just certain moments where God's anointing rests on people by his Spirit. But then towards the end of the Old Testament, you see in Joel chapter 2, Joel says, God's getting ready to do a new thing. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Joel is saying through God as his mouthpiece, as a prophet, he's saying this is going to happen not just for certain individuals, but for who? All people, everybody. Joel is saying this is about ready to happen. God's going to pour his spirit out on everybody. Okay, then you jump into the New Testament. Matthew chapter 3, right in the beginning of the New Testament. This is John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin. He's preaching, drawing crowds, but his whole mission and purpose was to prepare the way of the Lord, was to prepare the way for people to receive the ministry and the message of Jesus. And so John the Baptist says in Matthew 3, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then, of course, we've got the John 7 passage where Jesus says, hey, everyone believes in me. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We looked at that twice, right? Okay. And so then we go to John chapter 14. Let's see what else Jesus has to say. John chapter 14. We're going to camp here for a few moments. So if you have your Bible, feel free to go there. John 14, verse 1. Jesus is talking to his disciples here, talking to his friends. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. If I, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. 
you know the way to the place where I am going. So this is interesting language that Jesus is using here as he's talking to his disciples. They're listening to this and they're kind of confused, maybe a little discouraged, maybe a little distraught. They're like, okay, Jesus, you got to leave? Like, what's up with that? What do you mean you got to go? Jesus is saying, I'm going to go. I'm going to heaven and prepare your, your eternal home. I'm going to get that already. And then I'm going to come back for you and then we're going to live forever. But my time is coming when I need to leave. And the disciples are thinking, that doesn't sound like a good idea, Jesus. Haven't you noticed this is working out pretty good? Like we're all traveling around together. Crowds are following us. You're teaching good stuff. We're learning so much stuff. We're taking notes. This is great. The blind can now see. People are getting healed. Like we fed thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread and some fish. Like, Jesus, can't you tell we're a good team? This is working out awesome. What do you mean you got to go? I thought we'd keep going on this for like years and years. Like, like pretty much for the rest of our life, Jesus. Can't you see this is working well? You don't make sense. Please don't leave. And you would have thought the same thing if you were one of the disciples. Right? Because you're like, what, Jesus? What? Like, you're doing so well, and now you got to go? This doesn't make sense. But Jesus has a plan. And he's saying, hey, right now, I can only be in one place at one time. But pretty soon, a time is coming when I can be with all of you everywhere you go. And so we jump down to these words later on here in John chapter 14. Jump down to verse 16. So Jesus is still talking here, and then he says, and I will ask the Father... He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Keep in mind how the disciples are probably receiving this in this moment. Like, what on earth are you talking about, Jesus? This is crazy, crazy stuff. This is very, very important, what Jesus is setting up here. He says, I'm going to send you another counselor. And when that happens, he's not going to just be with you. He's going to be in you. In you. Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen, guys. The, another counselor will be in you. Anybody here have a $20 bill? Anyone here? You have a $20 bill that I could have? I'd love to... I got a $5 bill. If you got a 20, would you mind exchanging that? Is that okay? You're pretty willing. You're pretty quick to do this, but is it okay if we exchange that right there? Is that cool? All right. So that's a pretty good deal for me, huh? <laughs> five? You got a five? I got a 20. Yeah, come on. Let's keep going here. Anybody? Yeah, it's good. $100 bill. Anybody? $100 bill. Anyone? <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Who would you say got the better end of the deal on that exchange? Yeah, of course, right? The reason for that is because this has way more value than that thing that I just gave you. It's just a piece of paper, but that thing is only worth five monies, and this is worth 20 <laughs> monies, right? Way more value. So in that exchange, you would say, yeah, Tyrone, you got the way better end of the deal. I would agree because of the value. By the way, you can have this back. We don't have to do this forever. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Point is this. Jesus is saying something very significant to us. 
He says, I'm going to send you another. That word another means another of the same kind, the exact same kind. When I send another counselor who is the Holy Spirit, he will be of equal value to me. Because the disciples feel like we're getting gypped here. Like, Jesus, you're going to leave? This does not make sense. Like, like this, again, like I said, this is working good. And you're going to leave, but Jesus is saying, no, when I send my spirit, it is going to be as if I am with you everywhere you go. This is the plan. I can only be in one place at one time right now, but I'm going to be in you. And so everywhere all y'all go, I'm going to be with you. It's going to be the same thing when the spirit comes as when I'm walking here with you today. And oftentimes you hear people say, maybe even thought this before, man, it would have been awesome. If I could have just been walking with Jesus back in the day when he walked on the earth, how cool would that be? Well, here's the deal. You can. Because the spirit of Christ lives inside of you. And you, single day. Jesus is saying it's the same. When the spirit comes, it's the same. Okay, so let's keep walking through this here. Uh, verse 26, going on to verse 26 of John 14. Jesus says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, okay, so now he's getting very clear. When I say counselor, what I mean is Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. He wants to teach you, continue to teach you remind you of what Jesus has said and what he has taught. And he is your counselor. Anybody need any counseling right now? Anybody need some counseling in their life? Someone's raising two hands back there. Yeah, it's like, okay. We all do. Okay, that word counselor is the word paraclete. It means one called alongside to help. This is who the Holy Spirit is called to be in your life, a helper, a counselor, you're wrestling with decisions. You're struggling with decisions. Go to the Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Counsel me. I need your help. This is who he is, who God is, who lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit's here to help you. Are you letting him? All right, so then let's jump to Romans 8. Look at Romans 8. Go to Romans 8, verse 9. This is such an amazing, profound truth, guys, isn't it? The fact that God will come and live inside of us. Like, wouldn't you say someone who has the Holy Spirit should live differently than someone who doesn't? Someone who's professed Christianity, and now apparently, some would say allegedly God lives inside of you, you probably should live, think, and act differently from someone else who doesn't even believe in that. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, and that's how it should be. Paul would agree with you. Uh, as well here, Romans 8, verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. In case he hasn't said it enough, there it is again. Who lives in you. Paul would say, you have the spirit. 
In fact, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. That should matter. That should affect our life. What if I told you, hey, last night, guys, something really cool happened. So you're praying, it's all alone, and I had an encounter with God. And he gave me the supernaturally natural ability to play basketball like I've always dreamed of. It was awesome. Like he just spoke to me, Tyrone, you are now the greatest basketball player on planet earth. Yes, Lord, I receive that, Lord. Yes. Okay, what I've always dreamed of. <laughs> so I'd say, hey guys, it was awesome. God has gifted me with this ability. Now I'm gonna go and I'm gonna play in the NBA. I'm gonna join the Suns. Me and Devin Booker are gonna be like this. I'll make sure I'm here to preach on weekends and, and stuff, but I'm going to the NBA. Here we go. And if I said that and then did this and you watched me play on the basketball court and you saw how I actually played, you might think to yourself, uh, no, Tyrone, you're just an old guy who thinks he used to be good. I don't see anything that's of any significance there. And if you used to play basketball, I'm even having a hard time seeing that. You might say that, right? Because what you would do is you would question the validity of my encounter. You didn't really have an encounter because nothing's changed. And if you and I have declared Jesus as our Lord, committed to following him, and now the spirit of Jesus has come and set up resident inside of us, but it doesn't cause us to live any differently, people will look at us and say, I don't know if that's even real. Does that even I don't see a difference in your life and friends It should matter. If God lives inside of us, if the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you, it should matter in your life and it should matter in every area of your life. People should notice. And so my prayer for you this week as we launch into this series is that you and I would grow to become more aware of the Holy Spirit working and living in our life. As a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, but the question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? And this is where we're gonna start. Holy Spirit, you have me. Have your way in my life. Fill me, empower me. Here's my goal. My goal and my hope is that you and I would have moments this week where we would say, wow, God. Wow. Man, God, oh, that is, you're just amazing. Don't you want those kind of moments? God, I've been praying for this person. Started having a conversation. You open up the door. Man, they started becoming more open to you and believing in you. And you just have maybe something like that. And it's like, wow, God, you're awesome. I'm praying that you and I would have more and more moments like that. Where we just are caused to step back and say, God, I'm just in awe of who you are and how you move and work in my life. I'm just a little old nobody, but God, man, you just, it's amazing how you move and work in my life. I had a moment like that last week. I think it's kind of fun to share with you. It, it happened at the end of the service, especially in first service, but it actually kind of started on Friday night when I first looked at the lyrics to that song that Joel wrote. And I knew the message that God had given me for grand opening Sunday 
And him and I, by the way, we did not collaborate on any of that, by the way. And some people, I talked about conversations last week, like you guys planned that, right? Because the, the lyrics, the message of the song was so in line with the message that I felt God had given me for the church on grand opening Sunday. They thought, surely that was intentional. We're like, nope. God gave him some stuff and God gave me some stuff. And it was one of those moments like, wow, God, that is incredible. I love it when God does that. And I pray that that would happen in your life. More and more and more. That you and I would say, God, you are awesome. When I read through the book of Acts, I love reading through the book of Acts. And several times it says the people were just in awe of God. As they saw God moving and doing things like in awe of who he was. I just pray that our awe of God would grow. Because we're just allowing his spirit just to move and work in our life. And it can be just as simple as, as he just, just infuses us with courage or peace that doesn't even make sense, that passes understanding. Or he gave you a word of encouragement to give to somebody else. Or you just were praying and interceding. God laid somebody on your heart and you just begin to pray for them. You, you let them know and they're like, thank you because I'm dealing with this right now. I need those prayers. I mean, just, it could be so many things how God just uses us and speaks to us. I'm praying for those wow God moments. That's what I'm praying for in us this week. So I just got three next steps I wanna encourage you with. Actually, I wanna make it four. This changed my mind. Number one is this. There's this thing called the daily office. If you were part of Emotionally Healthy Relationship course, or you're familiar with this Emotionally Healthy stuff that we've done in the past, you've heard of the daily office. The daily office is a, basically a fixed time to be with God. I would encourage you, now it's important for us to have regular rhythms in our life where we're reading scripture, going through the word, prayer, worship, we need that. And this can be a little bit different than that. It can be that, but also a little bit different where you would set aside maybe just five minutes once, twice, three times a day. It can be really good to do this midday, noon hour, when you got a chance just to stop and be with God. Because that's what the daily office is, a fixed time to be with God. The key words there are with. I'm not gonna just, I gotta read through this chapter because I'm going through my readings, you know, through my prayer list. No, I'm just gonna stop and I'm just gonna enjoy God for a moment, just be with him. And even if it's just five, five minutes, that can just be a profound moment in your day where it's you and I becoming more aware again of the spirit moving and working in our life. There's three key elements to the daily office, uh, silence, scripture, and spirit-led prayer. So you just stop, be silent, go to some scripture, just dwell on and just spirit. God, what are you speaking to me? How are you coming to me right now? I feel anxious, I feel nervous, I feel scared. You just, and just God, why, are you, why do I feel this way? Help me speak to me, come, come to me right now, Holy Spirit. In fact, I could go on describing this, but what I'd like to do is I'll, I'll try to post something on the Rivers Church Facebook this afternoon. Just a little more detail about what a daily office is. Could just be a good rhythm for you to incorporate into your life for you and I to grow in what, what next step number two. Next step number two, I would describe as making a determination this week to become more aware of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life. Okay, so let's make that determination right now. This week, God, with your help, I'm gonna become more aware of you and your spirit working in me. If Jesus left and sent his spirit, there's a reason for that. So I want to 
continue to grow in and learn and understand the whole reason and the whole meaning behind this. And so let's grow in this. In fact, we're gonna sing a song in just a few moments that really praise this prayer. Let me become more aware of your presence in my life. The third next step I would encourage you to do, especially if you're new to Rivers Church, is go to Discover. We got a Discover class that tells you about our heart, our vision, who we are, how we want you to grow, all of that. It's, it's very, very important. And like we said in the last couple of weeks, we want everybody at Rivers Church to go through Discover. So that's next Sunday after the second service, Discover class. I invite you to come and join us in that. And the fourth one I'm gonna add, and Pastor John Mark talked about it earlier, but I just feel like this is an important one to add, is in two weekends, we have this Freedom Conference, and it's gonna just be a weekend where, a little different from a Sunday morning where we don't have any time constraints, we just can kinda, we'll have teaching, and then we're just gonna, all right, let's just spend some time in the presence of God. And let's enjoy the presence, let the Spirit move in our life. I'd encourage you to come and join us, even if you haven't been part of the Freedom Course, come and join us in two weekends. So that's the fourth one. So those are just some next steps I'd encourage you to do this week, the coming weeks, in light of what we're, we're trying to grow in in this series, Life in the River. This is gonna be good. You ready for this? You excited for this? As we step into being Rivers Church, let's talk about what does that mean with people of the Spirit. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're gonna pray. We're gonna worship. And what I wanna do in these last few moments together is just cultivate just a desire and a hunger. Maybe it's already there, but just a desire and a hunger for just the presence of God. God, I want to be filled with you. I just wanna experience your presence. I just wanna be close to you. So we're gonna sing this song, just welcoming the Holy Spirit asking for the Holy Spirit to come and just let's make this song our prayer. All right, would you join me in prayer right now before we sing the song? Lord, we just come to you right now. And first of all, again, just so thankful, Jesus, for what you did for us on the cross. You took the place of our sins and died for our sins on the cross so that we wouldn't have to. And I just want to pray for my friends that are here, that are listening right now, that maybe have never said yes to you. Lord, I pray that today they would realize they need you. They have sinned, just like all of us. We've all sinned and rebelled and tried to do this without you. They would ask for forgiveness, commit to following you for the rest of their life, but their trust and their hope in you, Lord, I pray. Would you do that right now, Lord? Give them the strength, the courage to make the greatest decision in their life. And as they do, Lord, I pray that you begin to fill them. Lord, uh, your word says it's gonna happen. You're gonna, you're gonna enter their life. But Lord, my prayer for all of us now in that moment is not just that we would be people who have the Holy Spirit, but that we would allow your spirit to have us. So right now, in this moment, we give you permission, God, by your spirit to move and work in our lives. We surrender control of our lives, our hearts, our future, our passions, our decisions over to you, Holy Spirit. Would you have your way? Would you move? In fact, this is your desire. Would you just lift your hands up to heaven right now and just say, God, just begin to ask him to fill you. Let's just get hungry for a few moments and say, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me again. And we're just going to ask God to move in this place. God, you see our hands. You see our hearts. God, we're calling upon you by your spirit to move, to move. Do something new right now. Something new. God, I pray for breakthrough in people's hearts right now breakthrough in their life, Lord, as we become more aware of who you are, 
more in love with who you are and your spirit and your presence, Lord. I pray that you would move right now and all throughout the rest of this week where we're giving you permission to do that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.